Hey guys, it's Simmy and this is Brussling Unlimited as we are here on Wednesday to talk about everything that went down tonight on AEW Dynamite. But it wasn't just any episode of AEW Dynamite, but it was AEW Dynamite Grand Slam from Arthur Ashe Stadium. I have a lot to say about this show, but first let's introduce, as we've had the last week now, Luke. Luke, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. I mean, we're just here to talk about dynamite. I thought it was an, I thought it was an, it was a good show, not a great show. I mean, there was three matches mm -hmm. that didn't really have like clean finishes, but other than that, I mean, a lot of new champions though tonight. Yeah. And you saying good show, not great is exactly what I'm thinking because I had a friend as soon as the show ended, what did you think of grand slam? And I just typed average, it's an average episode of dynamite. I mean, every match had stakes, so every match felt semi-important. But then in the end, nothing really felt all that great and grandiose. And the one thing I want to say, and they did correct this kind of once we got to the main event, I believe it was. Early on in this show, everything as far as the crowd was really dark. The lighting was really dark. So it literally felt like any regular episode of Dynamite other than them having the um, special stage set up. Other than that, if you were just looking at the ring, watching the match and this and that, it felt like any episode of Dynamite because the crowd was dark. It didn't feel like there was more people. Like last week, I think there was maybe 6,000 people there. This week, there was like 15,000, 16,000. It didn't look like it. It didn't really feel like it early on in this show because of the way they had the crowd lit and it just didn't feel special and even once we got to the main event where they kind of brightened up the crowd a little bit but not even that much more it still didn't feel other than the stage setup any different than in a regular episode of dynamite in my opinion i don't know if you felt the same way about it but it's just like and wwe's got the same problem every building looks the same other than maybe WrestleMania and SummerSlam when they do them in the stadiums and they're set up differently. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's both AEW and WWE where like the crowd is just like too dark. Mm -hmm. I would say like the lighting, right. but yeah, like, yeah, it just felt like a, just like an average episode of dynamite. I mean, they were hyping it up a lot though. Mm -hmm. Well, but I don't know if you've ever seen Wayne's world too. But Tony Khan was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be like, what did he call it? Oh, it's called, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, it's not called the Wayne Fest. Is it just Wayne Fest? But he's basically said, no, Wayne Stock. He's like, this is going to be like Wayne Stock from Wayne's World, which was like a ripoff of Woodstock. And it was whatever. Yeah, I haven't seen Wayne's World 2 in forever. But like. I think he also even teased a musical performance that we didn't get. I don't know if I read that wrong online today, but I'm going to go look that back up really fast. I thought he teased some sort of a musical performance. And then he also said something yesterday. Some uh, hip-hop DJ was supposed to be a special guest announcer or whatever, a ring announcer. I just saw him come out with Swerving Our Glory. He didn't do anything special. So it's like. Right. And then what was the what was the the Waterboy tease today from Tony Khan as well? We were supposed to get Captain Insano. At least he made us think we were getting 
Paul White as Captain Insano with that tease, and I, I nothing, no Paul White, no nothing. So I felt like this show underperformed for what they hyped it up to be and for what last year's show was. I felt like it was just another episode of Dynamite with less, I, I will say this, less backstage stuff, more in-ring action. And when Tony said this is going to feel more like a pay-per-view than any show we've ever done on TV, I got that. I got that because it was more just match, 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 match. Usually we have like nine segments and matches and all that on a dynamite. Five matches, one segment. That was really it. Six things. And then a couple kickbacks to backstage. Yeah, I I agree with that. So, I mean, it just, it just felt like another episode of Dynamite, if we're going to be completely honest. But with that, I do want to say thank you for joining us here. If you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. Now, I will say, we did get one surprise that I was not expecting. We'll talk about that when we get to it. But if you are watching other means, not live on Twitch, then you might be watching youtube.com forward slash PW Unlimited and a Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher. Excuse me, Spotify. Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. And we appreciate you any way you watch. If you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. And we actually had, who was it? Where was it? Rosario subscribed today with her tiered subscription or his tiered subscription, not really sure. For 19 months, want to shout that out. Also, thank you to Jack Dawson for the Twitch bits. But remember, you can also subscribe with Amazon Prime. And if you use somebody else's Amazon Prime, then that means it's 100% a free subscription for you, whether it's your Amazon Prime or somebody else's, like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your grandma, your grandpa, your auntie, your uncle. You take that Prime account, take that Twitch account, link them together, bada bing, bada boom, your Prime Gaming. Also remember, if you're watching on YouTube, you can help us out over there by hitting that donate button down below to become a, no, the join button to become a channel member. Also remember, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game, or you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fall Guys, Rumbleverse, or Fortnite, use the code right down here, code PWUNLIMITED for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. And you will be directly supporting us right here. And hey, Fortnite just started their new season. I'm really enjoying it. Luke and I jumped in together last night on stream to play. We had Mr. Bangs in with us, and I think Dan was with us as well. Super fun. If you're going to get that new battle pass, you're going to have to use our code PWUNLIMITED. doesn't cost you anything extra. You just type that in really quick. But we've got AEW Dynamite to talk about. You know, our quick thoughts. Now it's on to the show. As the show did kick off, with the Ring of Honor World Championship. Excalibur welcomed us along with Taz, Tony Schiavone, and Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni as we are all ready for the first match to start. Bobby Cruz of Ring of Honor actually did the introductions here, and former ROH owner Kerry Silken was sitting at ringside as Judas hit and the crowd sang along at Arthur Ashe Stadium again. Also, 
Correct me if I'm wrong here. No Jim Ross? No JR again? Ian Riccoboni was also on commentary. Yeah, for the opening match. Yes. But yeah. yeah, no Jim Ross as No well. Jim Ross. Okay, I was just making sure that I just wasn't paying attention or something. But yeah, so they've been doing this a lot, where if it's a big ROH match, then they'll get either Ian Riccoboni or Caprice Coleman to be on commentary. So I like that dynamic, bringing in one of the two voices of ROH. So that's really cool. But then no ROH referee. It had to be Aubrey. That was a little bit of a, a disappointment, but hey, whatever. They said Aubrey Edwards is the first female to ever referee. Uh, I don't know if they just said Ring of Honor match or Ring of Honor title match, but regardless. Jericho opted for a slap in the face instead of adhering to the code of honor, which they said that you have to shake hands to start an ROH title match. I've seen before when they didn't shake hands, so it's not a not a thing. Anyways, this lit a fire under Claudio. Claudio instantly. Claudio hit an uppercut. A couple uppercuts actually very early on. As he pressured Jer pressed Jericho overhead and crotched him on the top rope. Jericho rolled to the outside and hid behind Kerry Silken. He then shoved him into Claudio to gain control briefly. Back inside the ring, there was a chop battle that commenced with Jericho hitting a springboard attack and Claudio hitting him with an uppercut in midair. There was another forearm exchange on the apron that led to Jericho eye-raking and suplexing Claudio to the floor. Jericho remained in control until they got back into the ring and Claudio got off a big boot into the corner. Claudio pulled himself up to the top rope as he was all tired out and Jericho fought him off and eventually hit him with a Hurricane Rana. This is a cool spot because Jericho goes for the Hurricane Rana. Claudio catches him like he's going to powerbomb him or something. And then Jericho eventually does hit the Hurricane Rana. Claudio nearly got a super Ricola bomb. And then, like I said, Jericho hit the Hurricane Rana. Claudio then powered out and hit a code break or out of a code breaker and hit a pop-up uppercut for a two. There's some anvil elbows from Claudio and then a double stomp to the chest that led to a sharpshooter spot where Jericho got to the ropes to break the hold. Claudio blocked a low blow and hit a Ricola bomb for a very close near fall. Claudio wanted his springboard uppercut, but Jericho countered it into a code breaker for a two. Jericho then sank in the walls of Jericho, super deep, but Claudio eventually rolled through it and stomped Jericho in the face. Claudio then nearly 20 times around swung Jericho in the big swing and then eventually hit him with a huge lariat, but Jericho again kicked out a two. Jericho then tried to get Floyd the bat, but Claudio would block the bat. Jericho then backdropped Claudio nearly into the referee. And when he did so, the ref then saw the bat, got rid of the bat. Jericho hit a low blow, hit the Judas Effect elbow, and pinned Claudio to become the, a, the ROH world champion. So the first of three matches, I want to say, that didn't have yeah, three matches total in a row that all had some sort of a non-clean finish. So Jericho is now an... Eight-time world champion. I mean. Is the ROH world title really mean anything anymore? To be completely honest, now that it's just part of AEW? Um, not really, no. And to be honest, like, Claudio's run as ROH world champion was pretty underwhelming. Okay, 
So I'm glad you said that because I need to look something up. Because they said early on in this match, Claudio has defended this title five times. What? Five times? I can remember two. I literally, that's, that's how often, like, I remember he defended against Dax, and I remember he defended against, um, okay, I remember three. Dax, Dustin, and Takeshida. Who are the other two? I don't remember at all. They say he's defended this title five times. Well, this was the fifth time. So didn't, didn't he defend it on an episode of Dark one time? Oh, you might be right. Wasn't oh yes, 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 against Davari. Yes. See, I totally yes. forgot about that one. I don't watch Dark. I just remembered the hold on, I'm gonna pull up his cage match really fast. So this says. So yeah, so I was only, I guess, forgetting the Davari one because I said Dustin, I said Takeshita, and I said Harwood. So then there was Davari, and then Jericho tonight makes five. Yeah, I don't watch Dark. You're going to put the... If the ROH world title is that prestigious, why put it on Dark that nobody watches? It was the Dark... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go deep dive here even a little more. The Dark on the second of last month. Let's see how many people even watched that show. I'm going to go deep dive here. AW Dark on YouTube. That show was watched by... Let's see. How many people actually even watched that show? Here, let's go Dark. And I just I don't have a playlist for just Dark. All right, anyways. um, That would have been... One, two, three weeks ago. That show was watched by... 300,000 people. Less people watch that than watch Rampage. And everybody always says, well, I mean, Rampage is on TV, but yeah. 300,000 people watch that show. I mean, I don't like Dark because it's just a lot of times 14, 15 matches that usually mean nothing. I get it that Claudio at one point defended the title on that show. But again, did I watch? No. I didn't even remember that that happened. So that's my one big gripe with the Ring of Honor world title. Try to build it up as this big prestigious thing. But it really, none of the, to me, none of the ROH titles mean anything anymore. I don't know if you feel the same, but. Yeah, I kind of feel the same as well. I mean, to be honest, they're kind of treating them as just, titles on AEW until mm-hmm. they decide whatever they're going to do with Ring of Honor. Now, and and to that to that sentiment right there, what are they going to do with Ring of Honor? I do feel that they may have some sort of a TV plan or some sort of maybe not a TV deal, but some sort of a deal to start doing weekly television, and that's why you put the title on Jericho. No offense to Claudio, Jericho's the bigger name. I mean, they, one reason they got the TNT deal before they even ran a show was because they had Chris Jericho. They said, hey, we've got Chris Jericho. And the people in Time Warner were like, oh, you do, huh? Well, we know who that is. So maybe he's in talks with somebody or they got some sort of a deal. And this is just me spitting off the cuff. Maybe he's got some sort of a plan for a weekly ROH show. And he's going, okay, we make Jericho the world champion. Then these people are going to be interested. And then we can move on from there. So I don't know if that's the plan, but that's something that I would think could be a possibility. You put the title on Jericho, 
because you're maybe setting something up for TV. But like you said, it, they're just extra titles on AEW. The Ring of Honor titles mean no more than the All-Atlantic Championship, and that title almost means nothing as well. AEW has too many belts. So if you're counting the Ring of Honor titles, how many like titles do they really have on Ring on AEW? Is it like 14 or 15? So they've got, and we're not going to count FTR with the New Japan and AAA titles, but they got the Ring of Honor, the AEW World, AEW Women's, AEW Tag, AEW Six Man Tag, AEW uh, uh, the, the All Atlantic, and then they have the TBS title. So that's six. Then you have Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor TV, Ring of Honor. Um, oh, and I forgot the TNT title. That's seven. That's seven in AEW. Then you have the Ring of Honor World title, the Ring of Honor TV title, the Ring of Honor Pure title. That's 10. You have the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. You have the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. You have the Ring of Honor Six-Man Tag Team Championships. You have, I believe there's one more. I believe there's uh, one more that would make. Did you got the Women's Belt? Yes. So it's 13-14, so you were right around there. You were right about there. When you have that you... many. Go for it. Go for it. Would you count the AEW like interim women's belt as well? Like no, for now? I, that's just one. That's just the same as having the woman's title. I wouldn't count okay, that as so, separate. Yeah, no. So, so yeah, that'd be like 13 or 14 belts. I mean, that's, yes. that's way too many. And here's my thing. Walking out with a championship is supposed to make you feel special. When half of the guys we see on TV every week walk out with a belt. Oh, and if you want to count it, the FTW title. But when half of the people we see on TV every week walk out with the belt, where's the specialness of that? Who's who really feels special when half like most of everybody on TV's got a belt? It in the end all just feels like a participation trophy. I'm gonna say it right now. ROH just or AEW feels like they just give out participation trophies. You're not special when you do a match. Like I get it. Tonight was supposed to feel like a pay-per-view, so five title matches. Cool. I'm not dogging on that. That's perfectly fine for a one-off here and there. But when most weeks, every other segment, someone's walking out with the belt, who feels special in this company? It's the guys that are putting on the better matches, not the guys with the titles. Titles almost are overshadowed 95% of the time in this company. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And yeah, they, I feel like they need to do something about that. I feel like once they like figure out like what they're going to do with ring of honor, eventually I give them a TV show. I mean, I think that'll like start to make things better with the title belts. Yes. hundred percent. Get those titles off TV. Like, I don't know why Tony Khan just doesn't, if he's got dark and dark elevation, cut one of those shows. And when you tape, Say when you tape Dark Elevation, instead of it being Dark Elevation, tape a Ring of Honor show. Give us three matches, some backstage segments, throw that on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel, and there you go. There's your, your pitch. Hey, look what we have on our YouTube channel that I can bring to your TV with the Ring of Honor brand. That's my idea right there. I, I, I honestly like that. I really do. It's like, why do we need four AEW shows every week when two of them 
are the exact same thing. I Granted, one of them you film in a studio in Orlando now, but Dark and Dark Elevation, what's the difference there? Why do those need to be two different things? Just give us Dark, and then when you're filming Dark Elevation before Dynamite every week, make that the ROH show. Make that Ring of Honor. Give us three matches or something. We don't need 15 matches or whatever, seven matches like they usually do on Elevation. Give us three matches, a talking segment, a backstage segment, bada bing, bada boom. And then you have right there, Harry, you, we've got ROH. We want to put it on your TV channel. Here's what we're going to do. Because if he tries to just pitch, well, look what we do with AEW as Ring of Honor, that's not going to work. You're going to then produce whatever your Ring of Honor show is going to be, and it's not going to be the same as, say, Dynamite or Rampage every Monday or every Wednesday and Friday. It's going to be completely different with all different people and probably people less lesser known people-ish, kind of. So I, I think they need to do something. The Ring of Honor stuff is just kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Watering down AEW, in my opinion. Yeah, to be honest, like I feel like with Ring of Honor, they're probably just going to put guys that they're not even using in AEW in Ring of Honor. Well, they already did. Colt Cabana is now just Ring of Honor. Brian Cage is now just Ring of Honor. So they've already started doing that ever since Tony bought the company because Brian Cage was supposed to be you know, done with Ring of Honor by now. But then all of a sudden, Tony Khan goes, well, he's got an option here, and I'm going to pick him up and just use him for ROH. And then Colt Cabana apparently is just ROH as well, so I don't know. Yeah, that, I mean, it's it's just starting to be all confusing and stuff. Exactly. So then we get an abbreviated version of the video package we saw this week on YouTube on their control center, hyping up Danielson versus Moxley. We then had the World Tag Team title match. It was Swerve in our glory, defending against the acclaimed. I didn't catch all of what Anthony, or not Anthony Bowen, Max Caster said in his rap, but I did like his his line at the end where he's like, Swerve in our glory, it's more like Swerve in our glory hole. I thought that was a funny line. Yeah, I was laughing during that. So, I don't know who these rappers or, or hip-hop artists are that came out, but like someone named Fabulous, Fabulous came out with um, the acclaimed, and then DJ Woo Kid, who they announced previously, came out with Swerve in Our Glory. They came out and did nothing. They literally did nothing. I don't know what. Cool. I'm not the demo for this. I don't listen to. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. If it's me in charge of the radio, it's just country music on. And then when I, with my friends, all they listen to are either. 70s rock or 90s early 2000s rock and alternative so i never hear rap or hip-hops or any like any of that stuff so it's like oh man dj woo kid and fabulous i, I have no clue who they are i'm not now i'll say right now cool to whoever enjoys their their music and stuff i'm not the demo because i saw people yesterday going dj woo kid who's that and then people would dog on them being like Oh, you're dumb for not knowing who he is. Oh, what the heck? Uh-oh, uh-oh. Zoom giving us a problem. We'll figure that out. Um. So, yeah. Like, A, I get where it's like, 
oh yeah, you make yourself look dumb when you say who that, but also you also make yourself look dumb for talking down to somebody for not knowing who somebody is. Like if somebody don't know who DJ Woo Kid is, okay, you don't have to talk down to him for not knowing, call him dumb and what's the word I'm looking for? I saw one yesterday where someone, cause like F4W online had the report, oh, DJ Woo Kid to be at Dynamite Grand Slam. And then someone quote tweets it, who's that? I don't know who that is. And then someone comments on that going, well, you must be dumb and uncultured if you don't know who DJ Woo Kid is. We're like, no, he grew up in a different kind of culture and not know, like I was, like me. I don't I never heard of him. So I never I, heard of him either. Yeah, I, so. I, I just wanted to say that because I saw a lot of that online yesterday. People talking down to people for not knowing who DJ Woo Kid is. Like, oh, you look... I, I, it's a moot point, but yeah, it's like, do better people. Just because in in our day and age now, being famous and celebrity is completely different than it was back in the day because of the internet. So uh, different people are famous and cool and celebrity to different types of people all around the world. Like, yeah, like we, we don't need to talk down to people just because you've heard of some per- somebody and somebody else hasn't. But as far as this match does go, just as good as the pay-per-view match. I think the, honestly, I think the crowd was better in Chicago than they were for this match here. The crowd was into it way more. Like when, like I felt like at the beginning of this match, the crowd did do the, oh, scissor me daddy. Oh, scissor me daddy. And then they fell off really quick. I felt like they only did it because they felt like they had to do it because of the crowd in Chicago. Crowd in Chicago did it for like four or five minutes. The crowd here today did it for like three. Maybe two. And I felt like they did it because they felt like they had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the match does go, um, where are my, here we go. Um, Owens foolishly tried to shoot at um, Keith Lee with a single leg. Keith Lee's like a tree and didn't even move. He threw Owens around like a rag doll. Lee then did a misdirection misdirect Hurricane Rana, which shocked the crowd and the acclaimed as well. Caster countered a big deal, or big beal, into an arms drag, but Swerve cut off the scissoring shenanigans. Swerve and Lee then kept Caster isolated on their side of the ring during a commercial break. Also, kudos to TBS, because usually when they do the picture-in-picture, I watch on the TBS app because I'm West Coast, and usually when they do the picture-in-picture, the app cuts to its own commercials. Tonight, they actually showed the picture-in-picture for Grand Slam. So kudos to TBS for that one. I, I never see the picture-in-picture. Like, I see the the transition of they're going to picture-in-picture, and then it cuts to the app commercials. But so kudos for that. I wanted to give them a shout-out on that one. Do that more, please. So there was a wild brain buster on lead that allowed for Bowens to get the hot tag as he ran wild on the tag champs. Lee cut Bowens off, but Bowens fought off the powerbomb and a double stomp. Lee dropped Bowens with a headbutt and beeled Bowens clear over the top of the stage, onto the stage. Lee missed a moonsault off the second rope as Swerve tried a cheap shot Caster with a boom, boom box. Caster then ducked and Swerve hit his partner. Bowens hit the spinning neckbreaker as Caster leapt for a mic drop, but when he came down, he tweaked his knee. Swerve then hit a back kick into the corner on Caster, and then he hit a fireman's carry release into a pounce on, uh, from Lee. There was an assisted powerbomb delivered to Caster, who then kicked out barely at two. 
but he claimed on the floor, swerved the springboard 450 onto them, and then had a face-off with Billy Gunn. Where on commentary, they said, Billy, don't do it. Billy, don't touch Swerve, or your boys will be disqualified. The referee then turns around, so I'm glad the referee actually turned around, turned to Lee as Bowens hit him with a spinning forearm, and Billy hit the famouser to Swerve. So I'm glad they actually didn't just have the ref watching it like normal. They actually distracted the referee here. Back in the ring, Bowens hit a spinning neckbreaker, and Caster hit the mic drop to win the match as Keith Lee jumped in at the last second. Bowens jumped over Caster, who was pinning Swerve, to block Keith Lee, and he claimed win the championships. Confetti fly everywhere. And yeah, they they uh, celebrated with old Billy Gunn. And there we go. Again, good match. Really, really good match, but another dirty finish or whatever you want to call it. Not a clean finish because, again, they pinned Swerve, but Swerve got hit with the famous or on the outside by Billy at Billy first. So, eh. It was also a pretty expected win as yeah. well. Because it was it was in their hometown, and I know AEW, they love to do those hometown wins mm-hmm. because they like like the crowd reaction. I exactly. Believe. Well, that, and it's like, I, I honestly did not believe that they would lose twice in a row the acclaimed in tag title matches. I, I just, I didn't believe that that would happen. Regardless of, I mean, the whole town crowd thing, yeah. That's the one thing Tony Khan really likes. Big win in your hometown or in front of a, a closely hometown crowd. But it's like they lost at the pay-per-view, did nothing to earn the shot to get it back, so they weren't going to lose. It was very obvious. Mm-hmm. Lexi Nair, or Nair interviewed FTR backstage. This was dumb. This segment sucked. I just felt like I was watching two Grayson Wallers, and I can't stand Grayson Waller. So they're talking in the back, FTR. They congratulated the acclaims, and up come the gun club, if they're even still called that. I think they are. And they did jokes about FTR, and they're like, we're, we're a better version of FTR. We're younger, we're, we're, we're handsome, more handsome, and this and that. And I was like, what? Huh? This, this, this did nothing. Like, what? The Gun Club going to challenge for the the ROH titles or something? This did absolutely nothing to me. It was stupid, um, young, like, I don't even know how to explain it. But it was, I'm watching the whole thing, and I felt like it was just they duplicated Grayson Waller from NXT and had him on screen twice. Because that's exactly what it felt like, some stupid Grayson Waller stuff. So in the back, oh no, on the stage... Tony Schiavone interviewed Wheeler Yuta. He wanted to get his thoughts for the main event. Before he could really say anything, MJF would come out, interrupt to a huge ovation from the crowd. Also, if you guys did not watch MJF's interview with Ariel Hawani this week, awesome. Very good interview. MJF's a great interview. I'll say that right now. But MJF called Schiavone fat and old and a prick and told Wheeler Yuta that he was mid and would, re- would never receive a reaction like he just got in his entire life. He said the crowd loved him so much that they would drink his spit and let me sleep with their wives. And then he goes, but I would never sleep with their wives. And I thought he was just saying because he's now engaged. And then he goes, 
because I got standards. And I'm like, oh, so you'll cheat on your fiance or she'll just let you do it? I don't know. Uh, to then mentioned that MGF's engaged. He congratulated him on it and then said that she'll walk out on his spineless ass. He said that maybe she's smart and learned everything that we all know about. Maybe she'll get smart and learn what we already know about him. Like she's going to walk out no. on you. Go for it. Actually, he said that. Did I get it wrong? She's smart. She's smart, but she's too smart. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. He said that she's going to walk out on you like you walked out on us. MJF wished good luck to the Blackpool Cuckold Club. And said, whoever wins is just going to lose to me. MJF ran down Danielson to Moxley. But when he got to Regal, he's like, yeah. Because he's like, you can learn things from Mox. And you can learn things from B-Rye. What are you going to learn from old Willie? How to pop pills? And that's when Yuta smacked MJF across the face. MJF then headbutted Wheeler Yuta and shoved Tony Schiavone. Yuta then took down MJF with a double leg. And then W. Morrissey would come out, choke Wheeler Yuta. MJF would hit him in the face with a knee. I think it was a knee. And then security separated them. So, yeah. Uh, I would assume. Go for it. I would assume this will set up Wheeler Yuta versus MJF for next week on Dynamite. Possibly. Also, I mean, go for it. Oh. Uh, uh Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I need a, What? Uh oh, hold on. Give me a second, guys. Uh, I need to fix. I guess I need to fix Zoom really fast. Well, holy crap. Give me one quick second to fix this. Well, ain't this a bitch? Um, yes, you're right, Nick, though. I did forget about that. He said that, um, yeah, Zoom said, fuck it, I'm going to do an update. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, the line about Danielson, uh, he'll, he'll teach you uh, how to turn your noggin to scrambled eggs or something like that. Yes, 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 yes. All right, come on, Zoom. Oh, crap. What the frick? Zoom just goes, I'm going to update in the middle of a call. Well, ain't that a bitch? All right. It says you're up to date. All right. Can I get back into the same call, Zoom? Join. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I might need to, I'm going to try something. Ain't this some, um, let's see if this works. Hopefully Luke stayed in the call. Hopefully he didn't exit it. Oh, I got to start a new meeting. Mother sucker. All right, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yes, I want to join. Participants, copy invite link. <laughs> Ain't this some crap? If it ain't one thing, it's another. 
All right, let's see if this works. I sent, okay. Um, admitted Luke, waiting for Luke to join. There we go. Zoom just said, hey, I want to do an update. Like, what? Yeah, I guess it ran out of time. Well, no, it. I don't know about that, but it just literally said, your Zoom app needs to update. Yeah, I got that same thing, but, but there was like a timer on like the top left uh -huh. where it was like counting down the time you had left for the meeting. Oh, I didn't even know that. All right, hold on. Let me see if I can fix that before it happens again really quick. We're going to do some behind-the-scenes backstage stuff here for you guys live. Um, let's see. So how do I find figure that out just so it doesn't happen again? It's not doing any counting down for me. Um, I don't, let me see. I got another screen here for zoom. Let's see. Um, bu -bu 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 um, yeah, nope. I'm not seeing. Let me see if I do this. I don't know. That's weird. Oh, well, we'll roll with the punches and see if it kicks us again. We'll figure it out. We'll make it work. All right. So, where were we? Um, yeah, we finished the Tony, Shav Tony Schiavone thing. He got knocked down by MJF. And on commentary, they kept just saying, I hope Tony's okay. I hope Tony's okay. Then they cut to a promo from earlier in the day. Tony Schiavone was doing it with uh, Jade. PBS champion. She was there talking about her title match this week on Rampage. Which, are you going to watch a two-hour Rampage that starts at 10 p.m.? I don't know. I occasionally watch Rampage. Like, I, bas I basically watch Rampage anytime I'm, like, bored or something. Like, I'm not going like, right. to, like, go out of my way to, to watch Rampage. Because, literally, it's just Dynamite Part 2. It's, like, whatever they didn't put on Dynamite. Exactly. So, I mean, I just, I don't know a lot of people that are willing to stay up. If you're watching it, you know, at 10 o'clock, who's going to stay up from 10 to midnight for that show? And like, as far as what was announced for that show, I'll just fast forward to it. We got Sting and Darby Allen versus the House of Black in a no DQ match. We got the Golden Ticket Battle Royal for a future shot at the world title, which why are we doing that when MJF's got the, the chip? Wouldn't you do that after the chip or when we know when the chip's going to be? I don't know. Jade's going to defend the TBS title. Action Bronson and Hook against uh, 2.0. Ray Phoenix versus Jungle Boy. Eddie Kingston versus Sammy Guevara. And the TNT champion Wardlow will team up with the ROH TV champion Samoa Joe to take on Tony Nese, Josh Woods. And then a lights out match. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. None of that shoots anything up my skirt. Like, really? Jungle Boy? Ray Phoenix? Probably be good. Eddie and Sammy will probably be good. But everything else? Eh. Eh. I'll watch SmackDown everything and then else, go for it. I mean, everything else is just like pretty predictable. Yeah. I'll just watch SmackDown, review SmackDown, and then do whatever else I'm going to do on a Friday night. I ain't. I ain't watching this. I ain't going to watch two hours of SmackDown and then watch two hours of this afterwards. Fuck that. Think about it. AEW and TNT. 
We're moving forward with this TBS title segment in the back. Um, Diamante said that she's going to bring somebody with her as backup and that she's got Trina. And again, who's Trina? They said something about, Jade, that's your original girl. Jade, that's your girl. And I'm like, okay, I don't know who Trina is. Is that your friend? I never heard of her. Is that your I never f- heard of her either. Is she, is she your friend? Is she your sister? Is she your cousin? I don't know who she is. She a bestie from off the streets? I don't know who fucking Trina is. They didn't tell us who Trina was either. They just go, that's Trina. Well, who the fuck is Trina? <laughs> I don't know. This upset Jade. Then also, also, I guess this didn't happen on Fight TV because people overseas can watch on Fight TV. But when Jade said the word shit, they didn't just mute it or bleep it. Did you hear when the, did you hear the way they did it? Was, it was like they put crowd noise over when she said the word shit. She's like, cut the shit. And you hear, cut the, like, yeah. what the hell was that? Like they've been bleeping her for the last, what, four weeks now. But for some reason, instead of a bleep or just muting the word shit, they played crowd noise, which kind of scared me for a second because I wasn't expecting it. And I had my headphones on listening, and I was like, whoa, what the hell was that? They didn't bleep another one of her cussed words because I know she cussed again, but they didn't she? bleep that. I didn't yeah. catch, then I didn't catch the other one. Uh, Broken King Slender says, Trina is a rapper. You could have fooled me. You could have fooled me. I never heard of her. Again, I don't listen to rap. They could, uh, hey, they should have at least told us that Trina's a rapper because then it makes it seem a little more important than just who's she? Someone off the indies? One of Jade's old friends from wherever? Like, I don't know. I don't know if she's a rapper. Just looks like any random other female. To be completely honest, she doesn't look... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I used to listen to rap, but I kind of started listening to, like, rock now. So, again, like, I don't know who Trina is. Yeah. No. I, I do agree. They should have explained it, like, who Trina is, because to the people who don't know her. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it's def- there's definitely people who, who definitely know her, but... Right, oh, I assume, ex- yeah. But they should have explained who she was. Yeah, no, because, like, I'm going to say it right now. Me, where I grew up, probably the whitest, most country part of California. All we listen to where I grew up, country music. I don't listen to rap. There's country music and, like, rock. But it's like, I don't know if you know where Yosemite National Park is, but I basically grew up 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes south of Yosemite. And it's all, I'm going to say right now, country white folk and, and some Mexicans where I grew up. What it was. So I'm not the demo for these, for, for the rap stars coming on AEW. And I would just have appreciated if they at least said, oh, that's, that's hip-hop star or rap star Trina. Because just saying, that's your girl Trina. To me, that could have been anybody. That could have been like, like I said, her friend from 20 years ago that she played kickball with in the streets when they were kids. I don't know. So this did nothing for me. Then we had Pac versus Orange Cassidy with the AEW All-Atlantic Championship on the line. And I, I expected the crowd to be more into this match than they were. 
I expected the crowd. The crowd was up and down throughout this match, but not as up as I expected. Good match once they got past the first two minutes of Orange Cassidy crap, but uh, where was uh, Cassidy threw his sunglasses at Pack and got a few early takedowns to cause a frustration as Pack tried to regroup on the outside. In the ring, Cassidy did his little kicks, a drop kick, and a drop kick, which I liked that one because you would think he does the little kicks. He backs up and does the fake super kick to the shin. Well, no. He changed it this time and did the front drop kick, which then pissed off Pack. Pack did a front drop kick of his own, or a shotgun drop kick, as some call it, and Orange Cassidy went flying into the turnbuckle. Then the match really started going. Uh, Tony Schiavone rejoined commentary. He said he went and saw Doc Samson. He's okay, but MJF is actually going to be fined for putting his hands on him. But then they also say, well, MJF's got so much money that a fine's not going to be anything to him, and he thinks that he can do whatever he wants. Well, hopefully, we learn more about this fine. I kind of want to hear more about this and not just them say it on commentary and then never mention it again. I hope they can follow up with that. Uh, Pack launched Cassidy into the post. He went for the Black Arrow, and Cassidy rolled to the floor. Pack did a crazy twisting dive where he, where his hip was what took out uh, Orange Cassidy, like dove through the ropes and then spun around or whatever. Back in the ring, Pack hit a tope drop, a top rope drop kick, and then controlled the action the entire commercial break. Cassidy gave a thumbs up to Pack, and it caused him to do more relentless, uh, be more relentless as a result. He just beat down Orange Cassidy more and more and more. Cassidy tried to roll to the outside again to avoid a black arrow, but Pack stopped him and hit a Snapdragon suplex. Uh, Pack went for a his finisher, but Cassidy lifted up his feet. He was going to go for the black arrow, but then Pack or Cassidy just lifted up his feet and was like, "Come on, come on, you know what's next, you know what's next." He's like, "No, I'm not going to do that." Cassidy nearly suckered Pack into it, and then rolled him up with the Stun Dog Millionaire at one point that sent Pack to the outside. Cassidy then hit a dive through the ropes and a diving DDT off the top back in the ring. Cassidy hit his satellite DDT, but then Pack kicked out a two. I also liked how usually when he does the satellite DDT, where they drop him on the head, they bounce. Well, Pack instead did the whole thing where like he'd hit really hard and then bend his back. And commentary was like, I've never seen anybody take that move like that before. Usually you bounce off your head. And I'm like, I like commentary mentioning that Pack did it differently, but I don't at the same time because it's like, oh, you just told us that he took a move. And it, yeah, it kind of just not took me out of the match. But when you're talking about a real, a, a real fight or whatever is this is supposed to be perceived as, you don't be like, oh, usually when people take that move, they bounce off their head. But Pac is arching his back instead to do it differently. Like, no, don't, don't, don't. I don't, I didn't like that. I didn't like them explaining how he took the move. Um, let's see, where was I? Cassidy. Uh, they went for the two, but Pat kicked out. Pat countered an orange punch into a brutalizer attempt, which Cassidy turned into a roll-up. Cassidy then connected with an orange punch, but Pat got, got to the ropes and broke the hold, and then he went to the outside. Pat then grabbed a ring hammer, the bell hammer, and as the referee couldn't see, because, like, Orange Cassidy was draped over pack and the pack hit him with the hammer so the ref couldn't see it 
He then used the hit him with the hammer, threw him in the ring, hit the move, pinned him one, two, three. Third match in a row that had some sort of a bad fin. I wouldn't call it a bad finish, but a, a not clean win. He had to use so we had Jericho with the low blow. We had Billy Gunn hitting his move on Swerve, and we had Pac using the hammer. Commentary then questioned the way Pac won. Since Pac didn't think Cassidy deserved the title, they said, why should he, why did he feel that he had to cheat to beat Orange Cassidy? Kind of, I get what commentary was doing. It's like, oh, he underestimated Orange Cassidy and had to use nefarious means to actually beat him. Orange Cassidy is better than Pac thought. So. What did you think of the match? I mean, it was good, like, at the beginning. Like, I enjoyed the beginning part of it, but, again, it was... It, I mean, I didn't really like the finish because it really wasn't, like, a clean finish. Like, it yeah. was the third match in a row that wasn't a clean finish. Um, and I kind of was expecting, I was like, are they just going to, like, keep doing this, like, the rest of the night? I, I, I thought Jamie Hader was going to come out and screw Britt Baker. But nope, they're on the same page. Speaking of that, that was our next match. Tony Storm defending the Ring of Honor or the our, the AEW Interim World Championship, Women's Championship. They got Serena D, Britt Baker, and Athena. The match was fun. I thought all four women were great in this match. But again, just like I said in the last match, the crowd seemed like they liked it in in spurts, but they were never fully invested in the actual match. Two matches in a row. Maybe they blew their load very early on in this show, which they got better in the main event. But hopefully this crowd wasn't super tired once we get to Rampage because, uh, well, that's Rampage two hours. If this if this crowd tired themselves out during Dynamite, ooh, I, 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 it hurt for those wrestlers wrestling on Dynamite if this crowd is uh, tired or on Rampage. But as far as the women's title match does go, Storm and Athena quickly dispatched Deeb and Baker and got, um, they did some stuff back and forth. Not really much here early on. It was just a lot of women trying to get moves in early. Deeb did break up a pin at one point and was able to roll up both Athena and Storm into a clever double pin that didn't really work. Deeb got a leg lock on Storm and an abdominal stretch. He used an abdominal stretch to go and get into a suplex on Athena. Baker then got a series of pin attempts in with a sling blade on Deeb. Storm dropped Baker with a shotgun dropkick and went for the went to the top rope where she was cut off by Baker and Deeb. Athena then joined in and we had a Tower of Doom spot. Athena ran wild momentarily before Baker cut her off with the thrust kick. They then spilled to the floor as Rebel got in a series of cheap shots. Deeb hit a slingshot. Uh, Deeb hit a slingshot under the ropes. Uh, throat first to Tony Storm and controlled her throughout a break. Deeb had Athena in a Boston Crab at one point, while Storm had Baker in one as well. As both ladies traded slaps, commentary was asking, hey, if they both tap out at the same time, who wins? And my first thought was, well, shouldn't Ty go to the champion? Just a thought, but that didn't happen. Storm was able to get free and deliver sweet chin music until Baker cut her off. Deep cut off Baker with in the ropes with a neck breaker, a dragon screw on a uh, on Athena, and then a snap dragon suplex on Storm. He then put on the Serenity Lock, and Baker broke up the hold. 
Athena had Baker in a fireman's carry and powered up Deeb at the same time for a fallaway slam and a Samoan drop, which looked really cool. And I think that's where Britt broke her nose. Yes, Britt Baker, once again, suffered a broken nose, bleeding all down her face. Rebel was checking on her for like two or three minutes. They're like, oh, what's going on at ringside? Uh, is, is Britt Baker and Rebel trying to come up with a plan? And then somebody else in the commentary was like, oh, I think Britt's bleeding. She may have another broken nose which I believe she did. So Athena hit a gnarly spinning face buster on Storm, but Deeb broke up the pin. Athena sent Deeb outside, but ran into a Storm Tornado DDT. Baker nearly got a curb stomp, but Storm countered into a roll-up for a victory. So there we go. Tony Storm rolls her up, picks up the win, and then afterwards, they keep fighting. They just keep on fighting. Post-match, Baker attacked Storm as Jamie Hayter ran down to the ring to seemingly look like... I mean, we should have all saw this coming. It was the same thing that happened the last time, last week on Dynamite. Tony Storm, I mean, Britt Baker was beating up the baby faces. Jamie Hayter runs out. You think, oh, is she going to stop? Is she going to stop Britt? No. Instead, she helps Britt. But the difference this time, instead of just walking away from Britt, they hug it out. They hug it out. So, yeah. As Athena and Storm were being beaten down by Britt Baker... Out would come Soraya. So some music hits. And we're like, what's going on? Because it's music we don't know of a wrestler. It's like, whose music is this? What's going on? Oh my God. Huh? What? And then we see on the screen, it says Soraya. And I go, no freaking way. And then out she comes. Soraya is an AEW. Tony Khan sent out the tweet. Soraya is all elite. So all the women jump out of the ring. She walks down to the ring. She soaks in the crowd. And that was it. She didn't do nothing. She didn't say nothing. She just came down. Kind of mouth, this is my house. And that was it. So I'm interested to see where this goes. Because when was it? March. She said that she's feeling good enough to get into a ring and take some bumps to see how she feels. Where a year prior... She would not have even wanted to get into a ring to take bumps. So now my question is, has she taken any bumps? And how does she feel from taking those bumps? And has she gotten cleared or not? That's the big question. Is she cleared? And if so, how much is she going to wrestle for AEW? And if not, what is her role actually going to be? What are your thoughts on Soraya? And it's... Soraya, not Soraya, like they kept saying on commentary. What are your thoughts on her being now with AEW full-time? Because she got the graphic on Twitter, so she's full-time. So, I mean, it didn't really surprise me that she's in AEW now. I just didn't really expect it to be, like, this soon. I kind of felt like eventually she was probably going to do something with AEW. But I didn't expect it to be this soon. So, I mean, it's been three months since her WWE contract did expire. And I did, so Fightful put out a report today that basically said she had talked with AEW over the summer, but also that she may be interested in going back to WWE because Triple H is in charge. But then, all of a sudden, she shows up tonight, and she does, she gets the, the full-time signee graphic. So, yeah, she's with AEW full-time. And again, I don't really know what to think because what she can do is really in question because we don't know. We don't know if she's been cleared or not. 
And if so, how much can she... If, say she's cleared. We don't know how much she can do, if she's going to be limited or not. But she had an injury. Her injury's neck. Similar to Edge. Well, Edge has been cleared. Come back and do whatever. But that was after... Seven years, I want to say it was. Edge was out. She's only been out... Seven, was, eighteen. Might have been like eight or nine. Eight or nine years. Yeah, so... About the same, if you think about it. So, no. Edge was gone for 12 years, now that I think about it. Edge was 2011 when he retired. For some reason, I thought it was... I was thinking wrong. It was 2011 when Edge retired. Well, that was 12 years. But I think... He was cleared like nine years after, though. Well, yeah, if we subtract two years from this year, because he's been around, but he's back for a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're right. Nine. It was nine. It was nine. I'm, I'm thinking he just got cleared. Now I'm not doing the math right. But that's nine. She's actually hasn't wrestled a match 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 in six years. So it's actually not that far off of the time frame. You would think it's more, but it's not. And so, could she have gotten cleared? Sure. But the way she's talked over the last year, specifically, is that she would rather help new wrestlers learn and train than get back into the ring full-time. So, I don't know what her motive is here. It's going to be interesting. Because, again, we don't know what she is and isn't able to do. Or even wanting to do full-time didn't you say she was writing a book as well that's like non-wrestling that's what she said on her twitch one time that she's working on a non-wrestling book which i mean cool but as far as AEW does go there's a lot of questions a lot of questions and hopefully those are answered by next week but i mean i think it's cool i really do think it's cool that she's here because it's now I don't want to say a different platform for her, which it is, but it's more like she can have a fresh start where if she went back to WWE, there'd be a lot of those question marks of, okay, AEW, as we saw with Danielson, is almost going to let her do whatever she wants if she's cleared. WWE may almost kind of keep her too much under a microscope and be like, oh, we don't want you to get hurt again. We'll let you do stuff, but because I heard they did that with Danielson sometimes where he would want to do things, but they'd say, no, you can do this, 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 but we're not going to let you do this because of your prior injuries. So new slate for maybe her to do new things. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking as well. And, and yeah, maybe maybe she did want like a new start because I think this is her like the first time she's joining a wrestling company that's not WWE, I believe. Yes. She worked the indies in England. I think she did some stuff in Japan and whatnot. But yeah, this is the first big company she's joining, not WWE. As we move forward. Darby Allen had a video hyping up the no disqualification match on Rampage against House of Black with Sting. Also, I don't know if you guys want a spoiler or not, but holy crap. Somebody shows up in that match that I was not expecting. I won't say it, though, because uh, it's a spoiler. Pretty, at least for me, a pretty good a good spoiler, so. 
Oh, uh, yes, Bangs. Page did officially sign with AEW. Tony Khan immediately threw up the graphic on Twitch or Twitter. She's all elite. Um, Darby said he's carrying a body bag on the subway in a taxi and told the driver to take him to Arthur Ashe. We then got all the stuff announced for Grand Slam that I read earlier. I'll read it again, though, if you, if you guys missed it. Singing Darby Allen will be taking on the House of Black, Brody King and Buddy Matthews in a nose qualification match. Cool that they're still called the House of Black. This golden ticket battle royal. The winner will get a future shot at the AEW World Championship. Jade Cargo will defend the TBS Championship against Diamante. Action Bronson will team with Hook to take on the team of Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. Ray Phoenix will take on Jungle Boy. Eddie Kingston will be going one-on-one -on -one with Sammy Guevara. And the TNT Champion Wardlow will team with the ROH TV Champion Samoa Joe to take on the team of Tony Neeson and Josh Woods. And finally, in a Lights Out match, Powerhouse Hobbs will take on Ricky Starks. Chris Caliber welcomed Lord William Regal to commentary for the main event of this match. Regal said, it's all business tonight, meaning no funny sayings to the man in the mask. Then we got the match. John Moxley, Brian Danielson for the AEW World Championship. None of this interim bullshit. It's the real belt. It's the real belt. Because regardless of how long Punk's suspended or not, He's going to be gone for six to eight months at least with um, his tricep injury. Also, Punk did already have surgery. So MJF is shown watching this match with his chip from the box, from like a press box suite or suite or whatever you want to call it. And I thought it was funny. A couple of minutes into this match, MJF sent out a tweet. And I'm going to read that tweet right here that stated. He said... That's right, you fucking morons. Murder each other. <laughs> I thought that was great. It's basically like, hey, you guys soften each other up, and then whoever wins, that'll just be easier for me. So there was a back and forth series early on with Danielson getting some takedowns and some strikes to the neck of Dan or of um Moxley. Danielson poured on even more strikes, and Moxley got off minimal damage. As Danielson hit multiple running boots into the corner until finally Moxley avoided one and took over. It was Moxley's turn to dish out some punishment with a, a double stomp to the chest and some kicks until Danielson fired back with a violent chop. There's a diving knee off the apron outside that led to Danielson drop, uh, Danielson's drop kick off the top. Moxley then had Danielson locked in a choke while on the apron, but Danielson countered into a German suplex and posted Moxley's shoulder first uh, to follow it up. Danielson then uh, zoned in on the left shoulder of Moxley, keeping Moxley grounded and finally hit a Busaku knee. Danielson went for a top rope drop kick again, and Moxley slammed him down and sank in a single leg crab with the transition into an ankle lock. Danielson nearly escaped, but Moxley got the leg captured into a release suplex and then dropped Danielson right on his head. Referee checked on Brian as Moxley set him up in the corner, racked, racked the back, tried for a superplex, and Danielson crotched him and got a back suplex of his own. Moxley then countered a roll-up into a label lock, but Danielson escaped and hit some forearms. Both men then locked legs and bridged up at the same time, slapping each other across the face. Danielson then won the battle here and sank into cattle mutilation briefly, but transitioned it into some anvil elbows. Moxley rose to his feet, ate some strikes, and turned Danielson inside out with a lariat. Danielson then backdropped out of a Death Rider attempt and hit another Busaku knee, getting a very close two. Crowd at this point going crazy. So like I said, in the last two matches, crowd kind of dipped, but they came back for this match for sure. 
Moxley dared Danielson to kick him. He took Danielson's bad leg, hit a curb stomp, and a death rider for a very close two. There was another forearm battle that commenced off of a test of strength, with Danielson driving down boots to the side of the head of Moxley until Moxley was nearly motionless. Moxley then powered out of a triangle sleeper, but Danielson got to the bell lock and Moxley nearly tapped out. Moxley rolled to the stage and avoided a diving, uh, diving Danielson to hit a death rider there. Back in the ring, Moxley quickly went for the pin, but only got a two as Danielson kicked out. Moxley sank in a rear naked choke, and Danielson nearly kicked free, but ultimately faded, passed out, and Moxley was awarded the winner. I thought this match was really, really good. I thought these two worked fantastic together. And it was the obvious choice of Moxley, the new world champion. Regal then joined both men in the ring. As Moxley had the title, Danielson asked Regal if he had passed out. And then the show just ends. It kind of felt like they ran out of time there at the end, but it just cut and we're watching young Sheldon. I feel like they kind of went like a few minutes overtime, though. I don't know if maybe because I'm on the app. So sometimes when I'm watching on the app, I'm behind by a minute or two. For me, it ended right at the top of the hour. So maybe they did go over a minute or two, but I'm not sure because like I said, when I watch on like same thing with the, the Fox sports app, whenever I'm watching, I'm always a minute or two behind because I'm on the app. But good match. What did you think? Yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it was really predictable. I mean, they're already building up Mox versus MJF. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like they should have at least waited until after the match to start building this up. So Proof. it would make it like less predictable. Yes. Yes. Ooh, we're getting that time limit thing. What is this? Hold on. Hold on, Zoom. What do you want me to upgrade? I gotta pay you? I gotta pay for Zoom? All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure this stuff out. This is we got ten minutes. We're fine. We're fine. We're gonna cut this in like three or four anyways. Freaking zoom. Anyways. But yeah, I do agree with that. That maybe they shouldn't have made it so predictable with the whole MJF Moxley thing a couple of weeks ago. But Honestly, I don't think it matters who wins because I think MJF's going to walk out the champ probably at full gear. I feel like he has to. I mean, they want to make him happy. So I feel like this is a way to make him happy and maybe convince him to stay. Well, yeah. But honestly, I think now more of that 2024 stuff is is now become more storyline than anything. I think I don't, I don't think I know that when he used to say that before, I can leave in 2024, that was him shooting, saying it for real. Now, I believe it is more storyline than it used to be of the whole, I can leave in 2024. But again, he can. So like you said, show him, we believe in you. But overall, I thought it was just another episode of Dynamite. Nothing overly special like last year's show felt again maybe that could have been a lot of the dusty finishes as they call them the non-clean finishes the way the building was lit to feel like any other building like it didn't feel like you look at the stage and the way that was set up this didn't feel anything different than the la show they ran after double or nothing to be completely honest so good episode of the show i'm not saying it was a bad episode i'm just feel saying that to me it didn't feel anything extra special than most weeks of Dynamite. 
and especially for like how they were like hyping it up they were saying like oh this is like the biggest episode of dynamite all year it just felt like just a regular episode right now money wise it was they made more money on this show than any other tv show but that's also because i have two friends that went to the show last year and this year they didn't sit in the same seats but they sat in the same section and tickets were at least i think they said they spent a hundred and ten dollars more than they spent last year for tickets in the exact same section so that's why it's a Highly grossed show because you're charging more. And that was first-hand tickets. That's not like, oh, someone bought them and then resold them to them for that much more. No, that was straight through. I think it was, they said Ticketmaster and AEW. So AEW, I guess you could say AEW learned, hey, we can charge more for these tickets. But with that, that was AEW Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. A good show. Not a great show. Nothing overly special. We got two title changes, but... I mean, technically, technically, if you want to say it, we got three new champions. But really, it's only two because Mox. I mean, what is he now? Three-time champion? So, with that, remember, guys, you could be part of the show by texting in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. But before we get into the text messages, we got to check the polls. Far as the Twitch poll does go, sixty-seven uh, percent liked the show, seventeen percent thought it was just all right, and seventeen percent did not like Dynamite. As we check the Twitter poll, um, Twitter, 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 Twitter. Why won't it load? There we go. 65% liked the show, 23% thought it was just all right, and 10% did not like Dynamite. And finally, as far as the YouTube poll does go, it is basically all the same. 69% liked it, 20% thought it was just all right, and 10% did not like Dynamite. Got a comment here, this person just says, Yay, Soraya. As far as the text messages do go, um, this person says, what are your thoughts on Chris Jericho becoming the ROH world champion and acclaimed becoming the tag champs? Well, we already talked about that. Cool for the acclaimed. I mean, the acclaimed have been around since the beginning, basically of RO of ring of honor or not ring of honor, AEW. So it, it's, it, it's finally their time. First Jericho goes, hopefully Jericho's only the champion because a bigger picture thing with ring of honor and not just, Oh, they wanted to change the belt says last week you said Britt Baker can use the stomp because she's in a different company but what about uh, the hate between Kenta CM Punk regarding the GTS all right so last week I did I said the whole thing of like oh Andrade can't use his back elbow because Jericho uses it as his finisher so then someone said well Britt Baker uses the stomp but that's um, Seth Rollins finisher yeah but they're not in the same company it's like a mutual respect thing in wrestling where it's like, hey, you don't use my moves. I don't use your moves for the most part. But regardless, GTS, what does that matter for Kenta and CM Punk? They're in two different companies. One's in New Japan and one's in AEW. Like, what? Um, this person says, oh, okay, this person says anything on Corbin. 
No, I don't know. We're talking AEW here, and no. I didn't Corbin work a match like last week or the week before? He missed a week of SmackDown. whoop de doo And this person says, I'm happy to see the Acclaim finally get a run as the Tag Team Champions. I think they will do well. Interesting to see Jericho get the ROH Championship. Where do you see them going with that? I think, okay, this person just asking us everything we've already answered. Basically, they wanted us to break down every segment. We already did, guy. Well, that's all we got for text messages. That was AEW Dynamite Grand Slam. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I am not going to review Rampage. I ain't going to watch two hours of SmackDown and then watch two hours of Rampage when Rampage is a show that I usually don't end up enjoying when I watch anyways. So why add another hour to a show that I don't enjoy? I don't know if Luke's going to watch it, but hey, to each their own. He said he might. I don't know. He said he watches it when he gets bored, which is a sign right there. When you have a wrestling show and people say, ah, I only watch it when I have nothing else to do. Holy shit. But with that, Luke, thanks for joining me again here to talk AEW Dynamite. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you can find me over on Twitter at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me at Twitch at DLukePetke. Awesome. Remember, you can find us everywhere. You can find me everywhere at Timmy Buddy. You can also find us on right here on Twitch if you're watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Find us on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited at PWUnlimited on Twitter and so forth. Remember, we're also on all podcast platforms, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Wednesday. I'll see you back here Friday for SmackDown. Have a good one. See you guys.